Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. And to all the mothers, can you please stand up just momentarily? Can we please give our mothers a round of applause? There are really no words to describe what you have, the seeds that you have sown, the impact that you have made, the change that has been brought about because of you, because of the hours, because of the selflessness, because of the sacrifices, because of the love that you give day in, day out, because of all that you do, all the many, the many different hats that you wear, regardless to how you feel, you know, you, you have to do these things. You care for your kids that the Lord has entrusted you with, and that matters so much to God. It is very, very weighty to Him. We love you. We honor you. We appreciate you. I had such a great respect for mothers before I became a mother. But until you are a mother, I don't think you really understand how much, you know? And then, like, when we were kids, they make it look so easy. And it is not. <laughs> it is just not. But there is a grace that is on our lives to do all of it, to wear all the many different hats. And we have the Holy Spirit that'll lead us and guide us and instruct us as far as how to raise the child that he gave us to become the person that, you know, that they are to be. But we honor you this day. We appreciate you so much. We love you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for trusting the Lord. Thank you for serving him. Thank you for raising godly seeds. I don't care if this is day one of being saved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the impact that you make. All right. You all may be seated. Thank you for letting me sit down also. <laughs> I am 30 weeks pregnant, and this is about the time where our daughter decides to have a dance party. So it is nice to not have to stand and walk around. Aria actually just saw it happening when I was sitting. She, my belly was moving left and right. I'm like, yes, this is her. This is her. <laughs> All right, so... I'm going to start with a joke because this is really funny. I actually heard Pastor Joel Olsteen say this. <laughs> I know. I heard him say this, but I just laughed, and I'm like, I told Kirk, I was like, I think I'm going to tell this joke. There's this pastor, and he was, new to, uh, he was new to the area, and he had started a church, and he was going door to door, knocking to invite people to come out to the new church. So he went to this one house, and he knocked on the door, and no one answered. So he left a card, and he wrote on it the scripture, Revelations 3.20. So that scripture says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. So the following Sunday, the person whose house he was actually knocking on actually already attended the church, and he was an usher. So he handed the card back to the pastor and wrote on the back of it, the scripture, Genesis 3.10. 
And that scripture reads, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. <laughs> and he's laughing. <laughs> okay, so I was praying and I was asking the Lord um, <laughs> what he wanted me to talk about today. And um, he was pretty clear on what he wanted me to discuss. And I was really honored that he allows me to be here today to talk to you all because you are his children. You know, today we're um, honoring our mothers, and you should honor mothers, honor your mother, honor your grandmothers. Uh, and um, as a mother, I don't know what I wouldn't do for my kid. You know, you just, it's your baby. <laughs> You're God's babies. <laughs> so I know that this is, a, this is a big deal. It's a big deal to him, and I appreciate um the, the opportunity, uh, the fact that he trusts me with those whom he loves so very much. He wanted me to tell you all how good he is, remind you that he's a good God, that he's a good father, remind you that everything that he has planned for you is good. There is absolutely nothing that he would do that is not good. Nothing. When bad things happen, that is not God doing these bad things to you. There are many different things involved in it. We do have an enemy. We also make choices, and there are consequences for the choices that we make. But even when bad things happen, God says that he can turn it around and work it out for our good. Because that's who he is. That's what he does. He makes it good. He has no ill will towards you, towards your loved ones, towards your finances, towards anything that you care about. Even if it's small and everybody else thinks it's insignificant, it is large to him because you care about it. Just like, you know, when you, with your kids, uh, your natural kids, many times, you know, you may not actually genuinely have an interest in whatever it is that they really have an interest in. But you have an interest in it because they do. You care about it because they do. They love this little squiggly thing that they drew. You may not see it yet. <laughs> but you love it too because they love it. And then you don't even understand why everybody else doesn't see the greatness in this circle. All these circles, how they connected, you know? And then you're like, oh yeah, you know? But God loves you so much. He cares about the small things, and he definitely cares about the big things. If he cares about the little things, he cares about the big things. He wanted me to let you know that you must know how loved you are. It is something that you have to be aware of. Um, Pastor Carrick said, I forgot, I told, I forgot, I almost forgot. I don't know if I forgot about it, but it was just not, I hadn't been thinking about this for some time. But yes, that's very true. One of the first things that the Lord taught me when I gave my life to Christ was that I was his daughter, that I was royalty. He taught me who I was and that I was loved. It was something, it was like a lesson that he just instilled in me over and over and over and over, seemingly like forever. You know, like sometimes you go, you listen to messages and the messages is the same thing all the time. Or you go to a conference and they're preaching that same thing. 
or you look at a billboard and the billboard says it and you're just like, I get it, you know? I feel like God did that to me concerning who I am and he did that to me concerning patience. I got a little bit more annoyed with the patience part. I was like, oh my gosh, have I not learned patience enough already? He's like, no, you need more patience. So I feel like for, for a season in my life, that's all I was learning, or that's all that was being preached to me, or that's all that the Lord was talking to me about, um, growing in patience. But it is so important for you to know how loved you are, because without that, without that knowledge, you won't trust God. If you don't know he's good, how, why would you do what he says? You know, there would be a fear there instead of a peace. You know, you might do it because you're afraid that lightning bolts might come down and strike you or something bad might happen to somebody, to yourself. Um, But that's not the truth. And if you don't know how much he loves you, he he loves you so much. Like we read in John 3.16 that he's already given you literally everything. He gave his only begotten son. I won't even let relatives wash my kids, (laughs) let alone (laughs) sacrificing (laughs) them (laughs) for someone who does not like me, (laughs) who is not trying to be my friend, (laughs) who does not love me back. (laughs) No, but God did that. He did that for the people who you know, we're crucifying Jesus. And then it ain't even in there. Then a miracle happens. Christ is raised from the dead. He defeats the grave. And then he says, he gives all power to you. He says everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. You are in right fellowship with God if you believe. What, first, what he's saying, receive him and allow him to make your life better. And it's not like your life was good before. He, it's not like, you know, we was, it was a mess. And, and all he's asking is to clean the mess. Who does that? Who does that? Who's like, oh my gosh, you are so jacked up. Please let me help you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. I just want to make your finances better. <laughs> I want to set you up with a 401k. I really want to clean up this house. I want to get your crazy kids in order. I want you to be healthy. I know you're going to fight me. I know it. But I'm going to help. I'm going to be there the whole time. You're going to reject me a lot. And I'm going to stay right there. (laughs) Nobody does that. You know? So he loves you. Okay, I probably should have asked this earlier. So I see the clock, but what time am I actually supposed to stop? (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay, so he told me, (laughs) tell them how good I am. Tell them they must know that I love them. And then he told me to tell them to only believe. You really have to have the other two down in order to only believe God. That is a really strong statement. If I told you 
only do, like only doesn't leave room for anything else. So basically <laughs> what he says, you take 100%, you take him 100% at his word. No matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what has happened in the past, no matter what your experience has been, no matter what the doctors say, no matter what the bank says, no matter what your employer says, no matter what your relatives say, no matter what your own thoughts may be telling you. And that is very difficult to do if you don't know first, if you don't trust that he's good. Because then you start, you know, like, if you don't know he's good, you, you probably aren't going to think he's going to come through. And you'd be okay with that because God is God and he's up here and we can't really relate. So you just got to let him be God, even though sometimes he's shady. Sometimes he comes through, sometimes he doesn't. And I'm just okay with that. But that's not the reality. That's not who he is. So when you don't, you know, it's hard. It's hard to trust him when you think he's going to let you fall. But if you know he's only a good God, he only blesses, he only guides, he only delivers, that's, what, that's all he does. Blesses, guides, delivers. When you know that, then you know that <laughs> that's all he's going to do in this situation too. Bless you, guide you, and deliver you. Um, also, you know you're loved. You know he'll do it for you. You know he'll do it for you even though you made a mistake just five minutes ago. God is not asking you to be perfect. He's not even asking you to, um, he knows where you're at. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Like, we've all done things. There is, there is no one, um, the, the best of us um, have fallen short. I'm pretty sure. None of us want certain moments of our lives to be displayed on these screens. <laughs> God's there. He sees it, and he doesn't care. That doesn't mean he wants you to stay there. He wants you to grow. But he doesn't care that it happened. He's not going to walk away. He's not, he's not intimidated by your mess. Okay, so once we get those two, we can then trust him uh, and trust his Faith. That's what faith is. It's simply trust. Faith equals only believing. So that's where we get to the point where we can do all things. We can actually live the life that God has intended for us to live, the way he's intended for us to live it. We can actually have peace because it doesn't matter what the weather is like. It doesn't matter that there's a storm. We serve a God who can change weather, weather patterns. We've seen it in the natural here and, you know, in our time, and then we read about it in the Bible. He straight up split the sea for Moses to walk through. He can do that to you. He can do that for you. So then when he tells you something that seems impossible... It can be achievable for you because now it's no longer impossible because God has said it. Which brings me 
to the title of my message, but what if I fall? So the Lord was showing me that, um, you know, some of us have just had a hard week. It's just been rough. It might be a hard month, maybe a hard year, hard several years. I'm not sure how, how far this is, this is going back. But you feel like you're dangling at the end of your rope. You're on that last string. And you're like, but what if I fall, right? So God wants to talk to you about how to finish strong. So we have to only believe him because he's going to give us instruction. He's going to tell us to do things. He's going to tell us to do things that are not going to make any sense. Like get a sheet of paper. You're like, okay. You know, fold it. You're like, okay. I don't know where we're going here. I still owe $100 to, <laughs> to I don't know, whatever company. <laughs> but I folded the paper. I folded the paper. Just, you know. But he's going to instruct us on what to do. We have to trust him and just do those things. So here's four steps to finishing strong. If you feel like you are dangling at the end of your rope and you are just exhausted, this is what you have to do. Number one, don't grow weary in well-doing. This is what the Lord is telling us we have to do. We know he's good, we know he loves us, and we know now that we have to only believe. Actually, just before, before I keep going, only believing is pretty much how I've gotten anything that has ever mattered to me in my entire life. That's why I'm pregnant now. That's why I was pregnant with my, that's why I successfully gave birth to my first daughter. I had two back-to-back -back miscarriages in the same calendar year, and then at that point spoke to the Lord, and the Lord told me, what to do, and at the end of it, or maybe at the beginning of it, I can't recall, he told me to only believe, and I, I heard him, and I'm like, that means I can't really do anything else. So I did something over the weekend called a fear flush, and um, the doctor had given me a not-so-great report before I had spent that time with the Lord, and then he's like, we're going to check you at, on Monday morning, and I need your numbers to, for the most part, do what they have not been doing before. And so I did something called a fear flush, pretty much just listened to the word, I actually made my own, made it, I customized it for me. So I took some instrumentals of songs that I really, really like and put it to preachers whom I really, really like, uh, faith preachers, and just kind of did my own thing and had my own little faith party. And then on Monday morning, my numbers were very much so high. And then he checked me again, and they were even higher. And they were so high. I think they were supposed to double, and I think they times by 17 or something like that. They were so high that we actually thought that we, it might be twins. <laughs> Either way, um, no issues throughout that pregnancy. Everything went exactly the way that it was supposed to. He gave me instructions about what to eat, what not to eat. The Holy Spirit did. And there was actually a point in there where um, I would go to, the, to Whole Foods all the time and I would purchase a certain type of cheese. And um, he had already told me not to eat that. And uh, I, I didn't. I stopped eating it. So, but my mother didn't know that. So I guess they had a, a recall at my specific Whole Foods uh, with the cheese. And um, I don't even know how my mama found out about it, but she did. Mama's just be knowing. 
So she called me, <laughs> freaking out. She's like, don't eat the cheese. <laughs> and she's like, you know, there was a listeria outbreak and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, calm down. I don't eat that cheese anymore. The Lord already told me. But what if I didn't listen because I thought it was small and they I could have very easily eaten the cheese. I could have very easily had a miscarriage and it, nobody would have thought it was my fault. No one, I wouldn't have even thought it was my fault. But the Lord would protect you from things that you don't even realize you need protection from. And I would have never even known that there was an outbreak if my mom didn't call me. So a lot of times we don't even realize that we're being protected from these things. And sometimes it just seems stupid. Like, make another fold in the paper. Okay, <laughs> there goes my lunch, you know, like no more cheese for me. <laughs> so don't grow weary in well-doing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, it says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. So the race that we are to run and finish, you do not win it just because you are fast. It's not because you are strong in your own strength. It's not because you're wise. Now you need to be all these things. You need to have an education. We need to be these things to be able to operate in the natural world that we live in, but this is not enough. It is not enough. There is nothing that you can do that will ever be enough. And God knew that, which is why he really doesn't require that much from us, except obedience for the most part. He tells us to do things, and he puts so much super on our natural, there is no way we can get the glory from it. It just doesn't even make any sense. Now, a lot of times we, you know, we may not, we should always give God the glory, but people may not actually do that. But most of the time you'd be like, I don't even know how I did that myself. I'm not even sure. I'm glad that you recognize I'm a great mother, but the reality is I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> this was completely, caught me by surprise too. <laughs> they turned out great. We don't know how to do that either. We don't, we don't always know, you know? A lot of times we pretend like we do, like, oh, yes. <laughs> but the truth is, the grace of God is what's making it happen. So he lets us know, you know, your riches is not enough. That's not, what, that's not what's going to get you to the end of this race. In Matthew 24, 13, it says, but he shall endure until the end, and the same shall be saved. So endurance, we need to endure. That'll get you to, that'll, that'll get you to finish. So you can't quit. Quitting is not an option. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus has not checked out of the game because it has gotten too hard. He sees you feeling as if you're hanging by the 
a thread at the end of the rope. But he is right there. You are not alone, and he has not left you, and he's not even sweating about it. He's just like making a little bin in your little paper. <laughs> You're like, oh, my gosh, what if I fall off this rope? Jesus, I need quicker instructions or at least to see something more than what I'm seeing. And he's like, just focus on me. Trust me. I'm good. I got you. I love you. But we can't even hear that because most of the time we are not acknowledging God. We're not even asking Jesus for help. We're trying to fix it ourselves. But our hands are too short. We're like, let me fix it. <laughs> we are. We're so... It's just like... it's so. But God knew we were like that. He knew. <laughs> it's like someone tiny trying to read something on a shelf, and there's someone really tall right there, and they're like, I can just get it for you. You know? And they're like, no, I got it. <laughs> Um, Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we're going to reap if we faint not. At the beginning of the message, we'll talk about how we have to only believe God. He just let us know we're going to reap. But if you quit, you're not going to get anything. He lets you know that too. Listen, I got you. But if you give up, you ain't going to get nothing. I mean, I'm still, he's so good that we still end up not getting what should probably happen most times. But if you want to win the race and you want to live the type of life that Christ uh, has designed for you to live, you can't faint. Which means a lot of other things, but that's not what we're talking about now, which means you have to learn how to do life well for you. You got to learn how to say no. You have to learn how to protect your peace. You have to learn how to cast down wicked imaginations. You actually have to learn how to consistently put yourself in a position to win. And it's going to be very different than what your husband needs and what your children needs and what your sister and your best friend and your cousins. It's going to be unique to you, but the Lord will show you what you need. You can even ask him, Jesus, what do I need for me? Because I don't even know how to not be stressed all the time, you know? And he will tell you. He knows you. He wants you to know you. We want you to know you. That way you can much, you can walk in love with people much easier when you're, you know yourself, you know? <laughs> not just that, but that's nice to be able to do. You know, when you've reached your limit, and know how to get out of situations. Because I've, I've re I recognize that now's the time for me to walk away. Otherwise, you're going to see a different side of me that is not supposed to be seen anymore because I'm a Christian. Which means I look like Christ. And unless Christ has changed, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> And there are a couple other scriptures that I put on my notes that are under the Bible app, but for the sake of time, I'm going to move to the second point. So the first was, don't grow weary in, weary in well-doing. Pastor preached really well during the, during the um, offering when you, when you just gave the scripture about giving and the Lord giving back to you. You cannot outgive God. So just keep it up. Keep doing what it is that he's telling you to do. 
a lot of times we get very annoyed with continuing to just be good to people or do good or do right. Like doing wrong one time is going to solve everything. And it never does, but we keep trying it. Like we just keep trying it. Like maybe this time my frustration will change it all. (laughs) I'm going to blow up. I'm going to do the complete opposite of what you've told me. (laughs) And then it's like, and it didn't work again. So I guess... Let me get back in line (laughs) and keep walking the straight and narrow because it takes patience and we don't tend to like patience. But number two, watch your words. We hear this preached all the time, so much so that sometimes I don't think we actually hear it anymore. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I'm going to just hope I'm not going too fast with the scriptures. But Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So God lets us know. He tells us to only believe him, and then he tells us the truth. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And then he lets us know in another scripture that death and life are in the power of your tongue. He's pretty much telling you you're going to have what you say. And then he tells us in, this, in, in other parts of the word over and over and over and over and over. Just choose life. Just, he even tells us the answer to choose. We, I mean, it should be a given life. But just in case you don't get it, choose life. Death is not the option, not the road you want to travel down. You know, um, the wages of sin is death. So God tells us again, choose life. Don't sin. Don't do it. You're going to reap what you sow, and you don't want to reap that. It's like a garden full of weeds. Nobody wants that. You know? (laughs) You want the pretty yard with the roses and the tulips and everything. You don't want the one that has all the weeds. So pull those things out. Get your life right. Choose life. Choose to do it the way that he's designed it to be done. Choose to live life the way that God has designed it to be done. So watch what you say about yourself. Don't say anything that is, the, like, you know, don't say anything that opposes what God has told you is yours. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Now, God's still <clears throat> going to be there with you every step of the way. He still blesses you. But his hands are tied at times because we won't allow him to bless us. I can only, Carrick very easily took my card. Rude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he very easily took it. But if he didn't take it, what was I going to do? Flip it in his face? <laughs> Put it inside of his Clothing? Like, what am I going to do? You have to receive it. God can only bless you if you let him. 
So watch your words. Then third point is to be consistent. So you, have, you can't grow weary in well-doing. You have to watch what you say. Actually, on top of watching what you say, watch what you see. Like, make the vision plain. Put it in front of you. Make sure that what you're seeing is encouraging you instead of discouraging you. Because then it makes it very difficult to say what you're supposed to be saying when you're seeing stuff you're not supposed to be seeing. And then you want to say what you're seeing. And then you have situations where you find yourself talking more about the circumstances and the situations than you are about the solution, what's actually going to happen in the end. And then it's a lot harder. But the third point, be consistent. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we see here that he's instructing us to be steadfast. He's instructing us to be consistent unmovable. We're not changing all the time. This is what God said. He told me to make another fold in the paper. Even though, you know, some seasons are easier than others, he's not changing. He's not changing what he's instructing us to do. He's not changing our calling because, oh, this calling has roadblocks and stumbles and it's a little difficult right now, so let's switch it up. He's not going to change that. He's already seen the end. He's already seen that you win. He knows exactly how to get you there. He just needs you to be consistent. Do what you're taught by the Lord to do. Do what you're being trained to do until you see the result. Actually, I don't think there is an until. I think it's until you go home to be Lord. There is not, obviously, there's no stopping. God didn't say, use your faith until, you know. So this is something that we have to live. It's a lifestyle of consistency. Hebrews 10, verse 23, let us hope fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I'm going to read James 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. We consistently see in the scripture that we do win, but a lot of times in our our day-to-day life, we are not seeing those victories the way that we should. And the only way to, because there is a way to see it, is to make sure that we are playing the game according to the rules so that we are not disqualifying ourselves. And the fourth point, expect the impossible. So don't grow weary in well-doing. Watch your words. 
Be consistent. Read the Bible every day. Talk to the Lord. Acknowledge him. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Do the things that the Bible tells us we are to do in order to win the race every day. And then expect the impossible. We serve a God that we see in the word does, I mean, all, he, all we see is miracles. We've seen that in our church. We've seen that this morning. But throughout the Bible, we see healings. We see exorcisms. We see, obviously, the resurrection of the dead, not just Jesus, but Lazarus. And, but with Lazarus also, we see that the Lord controls nature. We see food multiplying. We see financial miracles, especially all over the first, in the Old Testament. It seems like every time there was a war, it was like money just everywhere. And it was always for that one guy that nobody would have expected to get it. It was just like, where did that guy come from? You know? God laid it up for him. So we need to expect God to be God, to do what God does, to do what he does, which is the impossible. Your circumstances are always subject to change. It does not matter what the situation is. That is not the end. So you may feel like you're hanging at the end of your rope by that little thread, And God may tell you to make another little fold, but know that the God that's telling us to make another little fold is a God who does the impossible. There's no telling what's about to happen. And then he wants to use you to do the impossible. So what you'll find is, you'll find that by... Choosing him, his way of doing things, choosing to not grow weary in living right for the most part and doing good, by choosing to watch your words, by choosing to be consistent. Again, being consistent has to do with a lot of things, even with how you, um, how you take care of yourself, how you manage your own peace, how, you know, that's something you have to do all the time. You have to set yourself up for success every day. You cannot take a break. The, time, the, the moment you take a break is the moment it's all about to go kaboom. And then you're going to be frustrated because you feel like you should have been able to take a break. I should have been able to walk away from the hedge of protection and be completely exposed and not get hit by these arrows. That's just not how it works. You are anointed, and God wants to use you to do the impossible, experience it first, but then also to do the impossible. So that's not how it works. You don't take break from Jesus. You don't take vacation from God. Not unless you want to get hit with a fiery arrow. Then sure, take a break. You're going to come back having to start all. You're going to be like, Jesus, I'm at the end of this rope again. (laughs) What happened? I was doing so good, so I felt like I could just leave you alone for a little bit because it's so much work. I got to wake up early because, you know, kids wake up early, so the only time to do this is even earlier. And then I'd be hungry, and then they got this new show on, and I want to watch it, and, you know, so 
that's what we do. That's what our flesh wants to do. It's like, it's going good, so let me back up. And Jesus is like, mm, mm, mm. just get the fire extinguisher ready. You know, <laughs> it's okay. We got you. We're here for you, but not how it works. Um, we see in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We see in this scripture that the Lord has told us that we're going to do greater works than Christ Jesus. So what ends up happening is we end up being at the end of our rope, hanging by that little thread, so frustrated, probably because situations that we put ourselves in by not being consistent as far as the things that God has already told us to do, shown us how to do, taught us how to do, had a friend text us, remember to do it, and then we chose not to. And maybe that's not your situation. Maybe sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you are completely doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, and it, it's still feeling like you are hanging by the, the end of that rope, and you're on the last little thread. God still requires for you to do these things, because this is what's going to happen. You're going to ask, or you're going to feel like, but what if I fall? But what if I fall? What if I fall doing what you're what you telling me to do? I'm doing it, and I feel like that's why I'm in this situation in the first place. Now, maybe you're in the situation because you're not doing it, but maybe you're in the situation because you're doing it. Either way, God tells you to make a fold. And then he tells you to let it go. And I hope this point is being made because I just realized it could be seen two, t two different ways. But instead of, you know, I saw this quote and I got this from my daughter. And it had the question, I got it for her playroom. It had the question, but what if I fall? And then it said, but darling, what if you fly? So what happens is God has already seen all of this in advance. He knew you were going to feel like you was at the end of that little rope. You might actually literally be at the end of this tiny little rope. But what happens is at the end of that rope, I don't even know. I guess it could be anything. But it's going to be good. It's going to be so good that you might even be happy that you was ever hanging in the first place. <laughs> If I wasn't hanging, I wouldn't have landed here. Instead of falling, I flew. Because that's the type of God that we serve. Don't give up on him. He will never give up on you, and he never loses. You guys, y'all on the best team. Y'all got picked for the best volleyball, or what is it called? Soccer ball. I'm not sure what type of ball kids play. But the balls, <laughs> the team where, you know, like you see, there's two teams, and you want to be on the best team with the best players. and That's the team that you're on. He chose you. There is no losing. So don't grow weary in doing what is good. God will never get tired. He is not tired. Watch what you say. Don't take yourself out the game. 
Be consistent. Keep developing these skills, these disciplines, these good habits. And then expect the impossible. You're going to see it. And then be prepared to do the impossible. Because that's what you're called to do. It doesn't matter where you're called, what arena you're called in. You're called to do greater works than Jesus. That's how you've been built. You are royalty. You are a winner. You are not alone. This is not the end. This is about to be the beginning of something so much greater than you can have ever dreamed or imagined if you choose God, because that's how it works every time. You never actually, it always works out. Now, these, this is for, I'm ta- when I'm, right now I'm talking to those who have been walking with God for quite some time. It always works out. So you can even freak out in the meantime, or you can have peace and enjoy time, the time that needs to take place in order for that thing to work. Um, there are obviously situations where things do not work out for us. But many times, that's just because we, that wasn't supposed, we weren't supposed to be there in the first place. It wasn't supposed to work out for us. And God's like, okay, I'm trying to get your attention. Okay, that wasn't it. And a lot of times we get frustrated because we don't care that it's not it. We just want something to be it because we're tired. We're like, oh, my gosh, just let this be the door. <laughs> so where is the door, Jesus? <laughs> and then we're like, afterwards, we're like, oh, I'm so glad that didn't work out. <laughs> I'm so glad that door closed (laughs) because this door is so much better. But the process sometimes is, you know, not sometimes, many times the process is very challenging for our flesh. But if you are where you're supposed to be and you know that, the end result is going to be a god size. I don't know, promotion, uh, blessing. He has the final say. And then he's the type that likes to throw extras in there. It's like he did what he said, but it was so much grander than you expected it to be and so much better. And then he added so much more. He's just good. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.